Welcome, world, to episode 110 of the Chamberlain and Chance podcast. Uh, it's a good podcast. I'm Chance. I write the games at chance.blogspot.com. Joining me, as always, is Chamberlain. Chamberlain, how you doing this week? I'm fine this week. I take full responsibility for our laps last week. Wednesday night didn't work, so they graciously moved to Thursday. And Thursday night was, for any parents out there, math homework night. <clears throat> there was no escape. Family responsibilities won. Video games lost. But this week we're here. We're good to go. Man, just life happens. It's okay. Yeah, I, I remember multiplying large numbers with decimals. And I can do it now because I'm old and crotchety, but when I was young... I, I don't. I, I use this whole thing called a calculator. Yeah. Well, yeah, but... We're actually just a cell phone. Yeah, that's... It's getting harder to convince the kids that, no, you know how to, you need to know how to do this when something else that can do it better is at hand at all times. At all times. Google. Google does it. You, and you joining just, us... Can, yes, go ahead. Joining us is Alex. How's it going, Alex, of dailycrackpot.blogspot.com? Pretty good. I'm getting a, t- a teensy bit more time off. Like, not Ooh. off, but like half days now. That's yeah, I noticed your your time seems to be 100% invested in civilization still. Yes, it's very, very good. Uh, Rise and Fall is kicking my ass in a lot of fun ways. Really? Um, it's, there's a, one of the governors you have allows you to basically just like uh, loyalty bomb people next to you. So like the AI has been like putting that on a couple of uh, city-states next to me. And it's uh, flipping like three of my cities. And I don't know what the fuck to do. Hmm. It's a well, lot of fun. If they can do it to you, can't you do it to them? Yeah, I can't get... Um, I invested heavily in this like, one governor from one city. This guy's like playing wide, and I can't counter it. I don't have enough luxury resources to make my people happy enough to want to stay. Oh. So they'll become pirates soon and start <laughs> attacking me. Oh. And uh, this, this expansion is fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I played way too much since our last podcast. I have played and consumed way too much pop culture. I'm just, I'm just going to go down a list here. <clears throat> I have played Owlboy, Mercenary Kings, Assassin's Creed Origins, uh, Overwatch's Capture the Flag Mode, Bayonetta 2, Deadbolt. I have watched Mute on Netflix, Coco, the Pixar movie, yeah. Roman, Roman J. Israel Esquire, and oh. Black Panther. I'm actually more curious about uh, Roman J. Uh, Esquire. Okay, of those four movies, that's the good one. Really? Or, or like, well, you know, Coco's not bad. Black Panther is really good. Roman J. Israel Esquire. I was literally 30 minutes in, and, um, okay. So Denzel Washington plays this, uh, this civil rights attorney. And he's not one of these attorneys who stands up in court and is very well spoken and argues. He's the attorney who chills out in the little tiny office he shares with an actual, actually successful attorney. And he writes all the legal briefs and does all the research. He is, uh, he remembers things. He has an incredible memory, but he's terrible with people. Absolutely terrible. Like, he just can't read people at all and doesn't know what they want from him and can't, uh, can't actually argue to get what he wants from anyone. Because <laughs> he's just so, lawyer. yes, because he's so bad with people. But in terms of the actual fine grit of the law, he's a genius. Now, his rich partner who that has permitted him and has engaged in this really active civil rights practice that he's been a part of for his entire career just had a heart attack. What's Roman J. Israel going to do? <laughs> so what happens is his partner's daughter shows up with Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell is the high-flying attorney with the slick haircut and sharp suit. And he quickly recognizes that this guy doesn't have any people skills, but he might be a savant. 
So he invites him to come work at my fabulous law firm. And uh, Roman J. Israel says, no, man, that's not what I do. I do work for people. I work to change the fabric of our society. What I do is actually important. What you do is masturbation. Uh, so I'm going to go out there and get myself a job and keep on doing what I'm doing. And Colin Farrell says, dude, you're not going to find work. He goes, oh, I'll find work. And there's a montage of him trying to find work in L.A. And within the first half hour of the movie, there's a scene where he goes in to this civil rights kind of outreach program that gives legal counsel to people in need and explains that he went to school with the guy who owns this company and I'd like to speak with him, please. And the woman who runs this outreach program explains, well, you know, he's at his, he's at his firm's head office in New York. He's not here. It was okay. Well, I, I'd, I'd uh, like to submit my services for a job. Here's my resume. She goes, we, we don't have any, any paid staff here. We are all volunteers. I can't hire you. Uh, I'm sure if you just look at my history and everything that I've done and he starts talking about everything that he's done in his life and how hard he's worked and how important it is. And he doesn't cry, but you could tell that he's about to, <laughs> you know, like you could tell that he's right on the edge. And, uh, and at that point I paused the movie and I opened my phone and I Google 2018 Academy Award nominees and I'm like, good, good. Uh, it's incredible. It's incredible. Okay. Um, and it, it kind of, it even kind of makes you not hate Colin Farrell a little bit. There are definitely times when you do hate him. Uh, but he's it was pretty hateable. He is. He's so hateable. Like he's got you just, a very punchable face. Yeah, you, and you always assume that he's the bad guy. And I remember mm-hmm. when he first started out, he was such a heartthrob. He was but, fantastic in the Fright Night remake. And uh, what was it? Um, uh, uh, in Bruges, he was amazing. He was yes, really he funny. Was. He was really funny in In Bruges. Anyway, uh, so yeah, Roman J. Israel, five stars. Does Denzel Washington have an Oscar yet for Best Actor? Yeah. I, he won oh. for Malcolm X. Oh, he did win for okay. Malcolm X. Okay. Yeah, he, was, he was the first, I think. First African American actor to win? No, no that's Poitier. Excuse me. Um, yeah, Sidney Poitier. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Anyway, uh, something he got that was like the first. Well, he Coco might have been just the Washington. next one. It took like awesome. another like almost a generation. Yeah. Coco was just okay. Yeah, it was really just okay. Yeah, like you saw the twist coming a mile away. Still hit pretty well though. Yeah, it was okay, and you no, know, I legit like teared up at the end when he's when yeah. he's singing yeah, yeah, "Remember yeah. Me." When he was grabbing again. Holy oh, shit! Oh my god! Holy yeah, no, it was shit. Yeah, the thing is, and that's what bothered me about it because I felt like this whole movie, while there was great stuff in it, it felt like that old Pixar shit of this whole thing is just is just just exists to make me well up at this one point in the movie. Just like with Up, just like with fucking um, uh, Inside Out or whatever it was. Yeah, that was yeah. Actually, I thought that was a better movie. Um, it was. I'm not saying it's not good. Like it's good, but I feel like every Pixar movie since Up or Up or maybe starting with Wall-E. No, Up. It definitely got a little crunchier. Well, I think since Up, every Pixar movie has kind of felt like the point of this is the scene where we make you cry, and aren't yeah. we aren't we emotionally resonant? And I haven't had the fun that I had with Incredibles from Pixar. Uh, in a long, long time. Like, I've been enjoying, um, I've been enjoying Disney's other CGI movies much more, like Tangled and Moana are better than Coco. Uh, Zootopia, definitely better than Zootopia. Zootopia, 100%. Oh, God, Zootopia, fuck. I've seen it maybe four times. I fucking love it. Mute is, okay, so we've all seen Moon with Sam Rockwell. I loved it. Okay. Yeah, it's a fantastic movie. And um, so Mute takes place in the same universe as Moon. 
and it stars <laughs> um, uh, an Amish bartender living in um, near future Berlin. That feels with, like the beginning of a joke, honestly. With his girlfriend. Now, <laughs> this bartender is mute because as a boy, he suffered a near fatal motorboating accident, as most Amish people do. <laughs> and yeah, what the be- hell? because he's Amish, his mother uh, refused to get the damage to his vocal cords treated. Thus, he's been mute for the rest of his life. So that's just a setup. And then his his girlfriend goes missing, and he's got to descend into uh, near future Berlin Berlin City underbelly to find out what happened to her. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of the other motorboating, and I'm like, how did you how did you yeah, hurt your vocal yeah, cords yeah. doing that? No, no, no. It was like a propeller and it cut him on the on the throat. Through his he's got a scar. So, so what what mute actually is is just a classic noir. It has all the hallmarks of a noir film. Um, and Alex can can probably agree with me that the genre in general and its tropes in today's political climate could be viewed as a little problematic. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Mute doesn't sidestep or edit or change any of that shit. Any of that shit. Aside from a, one character who is a child, every female character in Mute is either um, is either his his morally flawed girlfriend who insists that she's a bad person or a prostitute. That's it. Her, the girlfriend is entirely the girl in the refrigerator trope of something awful happened to her and that's what's driving the anti or the the protagonist of the show. And um, and yeah, like so, I wanted to find out what happened. Uh, Paul Rudd gives a really good performance. There's three male leads. Uh, they all give really, really good performances, and you absolutely hate uh, Paul Rudd's partner. Like he's he's a lot better with people than Paul Rudd's character, but he's actually much more of a monster. And uh, Alexander Skarsgård is a mute guy, and he's amazing. Like he does a great job with no lines. Um, but of the four movies, mutes the worst. <laughs> yeah, it's got like a six percent. Yeah, no, critics were a lot harder on it than I am. Like, it was, I found it a lot more enjoyable than Altered Carbon. Yeah, that uh, became a slog real quick. And it's uh-huh. just like, you look around, and you're like, oh, oh no, th- 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 this show sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really like episode nine. But like, I'm, I'm going to finish it, but damn, this is, this I'm is. Not, I'm not going to finish it. Because, like, I'm playing my Vita, and I look up at the screen, and there's another naked woman covered in blood. Yeah, they really, uh, they really. Rotten Tomatoes, holy crap. Like a lot, there's a lot of that in that fucking show, and it's like we're trying to be Game of Thrones, but we have no idea what actually makes that show good. Mm-hmm. So here, so here's some titties, and yeah. <laughs> characters and, and good story structure. Yeah, no, um, which this uh, didn't have. I, I by the time I finished it, I actively kind of hated it. So, chance you wrote what could be described as a missive. Yes. About Black Panther. Yeah, well, it was there, a good missive, and if you have not read it, go and read it. There's one part of that review I would change. I was reading What's it the that? other day, and there's a part at the bottom where I talk, where, like, you know how sometimes I break down a game and I say, like, well, when I used to, um, like, the, <laughs> the art the art direction is 10 out of 10, the music is 8 out of 10, this yes. is 10 out of 10, and I broke Old down Black down, Panther yeah. at the end, and I'm comparing it to the rest of the Marvel Universe, and one of the things I say, cast of characters, nothing else in the Marvel Universe can compare, and I was thinking about it, and I thought, well, maybe Guardians. Yeah. Guardians actually has... has I don't think the characters are as well realized as they are here, but there's so many good ones in Guardians. Like, uh, and they're like a really fun ensemble. Yes, yeah. So I would say maybe, go- but at the same time, that's one of the best things about Guardians. 
So this is like the best things out of every single Marvel movie, except the action, I would say. The action is not that great. Um, it's, it's, I think it's the best, it's the one Marvel movie that you might want to call a film. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's pretty good. It doesn't feel like any other Marvel movie, and it's way better for it. I just watched, uh, rewatched Ragnarok, and except for, like, the Hulk fight in the arena, the, so the action bad. is terrible. Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly, yeah, that was exactly my thing. It is it, hilarious. It is but it is hilarious. But it's it, yeah. so funny. But as soon as it becomes that spectacle that you want from Marvel, you really feel like you're just watching that fight at the end of Wonder Woman again where it's all CG, and it doesn't uh. matter. Same thing. It's just, yeah, it's just weightless and yes. just CGI'd, and I can see the green screen, and that whole thing at the end with, like, the dual, like, uh, AR-15, no. Whatever. I don't know guns. Guns. Big yeah. guns that shouldn't be legal for people It was just like, this, this looks so cheap. In a bad way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, um, and it, but it, but it was charming. It was very much, uh, was it YTT? Uh, Taika Waititi, I think. No, he. It's it's so much fun. Like the it's scene where so like, his flavor. Yeah. Like there's the scene alone where like um uh, Thor is talking to Loki and he's just just nonchalantly just tossing crap through. It's like glamour. That's that was just good shit. Yeah. No. It's it it has a lot of personality, but when it gets to that point of what you want from a Marvel movie, which is a city suspended in the sky on an anti-grav system and the entire Avengers have to assemble and save the world. Like, it doesn't have that... It, that when it, Whenever it came time for that spectacle, that spectacle was so disappointing. Wait, 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 wait. Thor versus uh, Fenris was okay. Uh, Thor versus Fenris or Hulk versus Fenris? Excuse me, Hulk versus Fenris. Yes, I mean, okay, the thing is, that was more conceptually fun to think about than it was to watch. Uh, again, very good point. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. But, but and, then you and got, like, they that's got the weakest the thing in Black and, Panther. The stone guy and the uh, the bug. Yeah. Like, oh, no, I just... Oh, he died. I stepped on him earlier. I stepped on him around because I feel so guilty. Yeah. Oh, wait, he's oh, okay. Oh, oh, he's alive. He's alive. Oh, God. What was your question again, mate? God. And so, the, so good. Panther had a couple of amazing action moments. Like, I, I describe a moment in the review where this woman surfing a car throws a spear... Through the front and back windshield of the car in front of her, it impacts into the pavement and stops the car. And that moment was like, uh, was like the, uh, the hold on maneuver in Star Wars. Like, it was like that, wow! kind of feeling. It was, it was really, really good. Uh, the fight, um, there's a fight between the main bad guy and Black Panther that feels very physical and visceral and you're just watching two gorgeous bodies go at it 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 was it was really fun to watch but it very rarely gave that bigger than life spectacle that you want of a marvel movie but its strengths everywhere else were amazing question does um Forrest Whitaker become the uh, Anthony Hopkins of this movie in that he's okay but he kind of feels half asleep who's Forrest Whitaker Forrest Whitaker, um, he's, I'm not sure who he's playing in this, but he's got kind of a lazy Is eye. Is it Forrest Whitaker? Is that his name? I think, yeah. Right. yeah. No way. Yes. Forrest Whitaker. He had that phoned-in performance in World War. Oh, my War. God. Yeah, that wow. was awful. I just, yeah. wow, I just, like, for some reason that did not resonate as his name. Um, no, actually, he's, um, it doesn't feel phoned-in. It doesn't feel phoned-in, but his, his character does not have, 
Uh, he's not as prominent as characters like Shuri or uh, Lupita Nyong'o's character are. People are freaking out about her. Former. Shuri? Yeah. Rightly so. Um, and that's and that's kind of the, the other shitty thing about Black Panther is it's a movie called Black Panther. I walked out wanting to watch a sequel called Shuri. Because like, <laughs> he... Um, you don't get a real sense of, of of T'Challa himself, and he does have growth in this movie. Um, the the Killmonger character, the antagonist character, actually has an impact on him and changes uh, his perception of what the foreign policy of Wakanda should be uh, in a meaningful and positive way. So that's kind of cool. But in terms of him, the character, I don't feel like he went through any growth, and he didn't really show enough of his personality to charm us and really get us on side beyond the fact that it's a movie called Black Panther and here's the Black Panther. Shuri. I want to marry that girl. Okay. <laughs> like she is she is cool and smart and funny and, and j- just so silly. Like um uh Chala walks in and the uh, you know it's been a while since I've seen each other so they greet each other and she goes, "Okay, I have one question for you." And she looks down at his feet. What the heck are those? <laughs> and, you know, it's a meme. It, it is stupid, but it's totally something you would see a young woman who's super into tech would, would find hilarious. And then she explains, uh, here, check these out. And she lays these two things on the ground that just look like, um, that just look like the soles of a shoe. And she goes, she goes, okay, now step into them. And he steps into them and immediately black shoes form around his feet. And she goes, I have engineered these so that they produce zero sound on any surface. Try them out. And he, you know, tries them out a little bit and they produce no sound. And she goes, I call them sneakers. <laughs> oh, God. No. Love no, that's love, love everything about it. No. Love it, love it, love it. <laughs> no. And, uh, and like any time. It's anytime, such an anti joke. It just goes oh. around the earth and comes back and becomes funny again. Yes, yes, I totally agree. Oh. And, and just every time, every time she's in a scene, she's the brightest thing in the room. She just lights up this entire movie. And I think her name is Letitia Wright, is the actor. Uh, man, she's gonna have a career off this. Like, I don't, I don't care if, like, I'd really like to, frankly, see more of her in the future. And I suspect that she's going to get a lot of other work out of this. So good. So good. It's hilarious. Come on. It's no. a pun. All right. So I... Puns are life. In the last... Yeah, it's been two weeks. I finished oh. two games. I also watched The Cloverfield Paradox, and I I'm encourage so everyone out there to not watch it. It is awful. Okay, so why is it awful? Uh, it's bad science fiction. You, I mean, from the from the outset, it's science fiction that just doesn't make sense. There are things that happen absolutely randomly for no reason because it's a cool effect, but are never ever explained. Oh. Well, wait, wait, wait. didn't I see a thing that that was the point of the movie that that it explains all of Cloverfield and all of no, that Cloverfield uh, can possibly be because it's pulling infinite things from infinite dimensions or something? It kind of. It's kind of like. It's like if you base an entire movie around that one part of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy where it's the, where the uncertainty engine or the, mm-hmm. improb- the improbability engine. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, all these things can happen, so now we don't have to have anything make any sense anymore. Hmm. No, it's stupid. It's, it's dumb. There's, there's, okay, basically, the resource wars are beginning because they're out of power, so they've got this, this space station in space because they're trying to do some sort of experiment to generate infinite power for free. But there's an outside chance that doing so will rip a hole in the universe and things will move back and forth. Oh, we're back to this between dimensions. collider shit. Come on, yeah, guys. Yeah, basically that's what it is. And, of course, something goes wrong and they are jumped. They don't know this right away, but they jump to a parallel universe. In this, that 
in Jump Into the Parallel Universe, they destroy that same space station that was in the other parallel universe by kind of occupying the same space at the same time. Okay. So all sorts of weird things start happening. They find a woman in a bulkhead who wasn't there before. Um, and then one guy's arm gets sucked into a different bulkhead and then the arm itself crawls down a hallway later and then writes a note on the board for some reason. Okay. What does the note say? Uh, the note says, check in this guy's stomach who died earlier and inside the guy's stomach is like an important part that they need to fix the spaceship. This could have been fun. It could have been fun, but it's Mm. stupid. Yeah. It's stupid. He tries to be too serious when they does some goofy shit like an animate and writing a gothic... Okay, like, if they were going to do gothic horror in space, this could have been fun. Well, let's see, but gothic horror in space has been done. What the hell was it called? Event Horizon. Yeah, called? I, I'm not on that train. Oh, Event Horizon was spectacular. You're not going to change me on that. Visually, sure, but Visually, it, yes. again, acting um, could have been better. Well, yeah, but that you don't go to see Event Horizon for the acting. You go to see it because that movie was pants-shittingly terrifying. What was Honestly, that? Um, Cloverfield Lane did that for me. What was that slasher that movie in space, movie. Jason X? Was it Jason no. X? Yeah, it was Jason X. Now, yeah. okay, so uh, I think okay, that has its defenders. Objectively, mm. objectively shitty. That was a fun show. Yeah. yeah this, well, this one wasn't even fun. Oh. No, no, it was not at all fun. I mean, we sat there watching it, going, "Okay, we've invested forty-five minutes into it. We're halfway through. We'll finish it." But yeah, no, don't, don't, don't watch it. Yeah. Just watch the first movie again because yeah. it's a stupid monster movie, or watch the cold like like the Cloverfield Lane one because John Goodman's awesome in that movie. So between the Cloverfield Paradox and Mute, are we now seeing a trend of Netflix buying semi-popular franchises, producing a relatively shitty sequel for relatively little money, and kind of like a a straight-to-DVD oh, no, no. thing? Oh, no, 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 no. Um, they saved Cloverfield Paradox. It was going to get shelled. Well, maybe it should have. Yeah, yeah, probably, probably should have been. But like, they put in like six million more dollars into it. They kind of got it for a bargain. It's stupid. well, you get what you pay for. Yeah, you really do. <laughs> um, yeah. Who wants to, anyone want to hear about Death of Stalin, or do we want to talk about video games? Death of what? Death of Stalin. Oh yeah, no, I want to hear about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen In the Loop or Veep? Uh, Veep. Yeah. Wait, no, Veep for Vendetta or uh, Veep? Excuse me. Veep. No, I have not. I think I've seen one episode of Veep. Okay, it's that guy. He is ruthless. He is one of the best, like, just dark comedy writers of this generation. He's really political. Did a lot of stuff for England before this. Uh, he's the reason why. Uh, uh, who's the Who's the current doctor for Doctor Who? It's um, a woman, a lady. Um, the guy before that. Excuse me. Oh. I want to say Peter Capaldi, but I don't know. I don't yes, know. Yes, that's him. Oh, like, okay. He's the reason Peter Capaldi's famous because he played just like the worst human on earth. Mm. That was sort of like a the Scottish sort of like assistant politician lobbyist guy he's ruthless um he's like one guy was describing he was like i don't know what's worse about him watching him like lumber slowly down the hallway like cancer or popping out of nowhere like a heart attack <laughs> and then he just turns to the lady next to him oh i'm so sorry how's your mother <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, was, it was i forget what that show was called but it's so good anyway he basically does there was a french comic book a couple years back called death of stalin where it's just shows like when Stalin died, it was a shit show to figure out who was going to get power, who was going to get pushed out, what they were going to do. Uh, it involves a lot of people being lit on gasoline and turned to ash and disappearing. Uh, they managed to make it funny. Like, it, it, it is this, like, everyone that's sort of, like, into the inner circle is just sort of, like, in, like, a farce. And everyone that's just outside is in this, this 
bewildering horror movie where at any second some guy in a suit is going to pop you in the back of the head. Oh. It, it, it's like when Stalin actually dies, like they all just sort of leave his compound and every single servant gets shot. They're being dragged in the hallway and it, it, it works. Like it, it almost works straight. It's just like, oh shit, oh fuck, everyone's dead. There's blood over there. Holy fuck. And then you've got um, uh, Jeffrey Tambor and, um, oh shoot, uh, Steve Buscemi just, just yucking it up. And it works. It somehow fucking works. Hmm. You know, like it, just, thing, yeah. it just occurs to me, I'm kind of amazed that we haven't gotten a bunch of Me Too stories about Steve Buscemi yet. What do you mean? Well, you'd think, because Jeffrey Tambor, right? Yeah, Jeffrey Tambor. He's done. They are, Actually, they took him off of some of the posters for this. That's right. And and much like uh, Harvey Weinstein, just, and I don't, I don't want to, you know, um There hasn't been it. anything about him yet, I don't think. Yeah. But it again. It you wouldn't know. surprise you if it turned no. out because I'm I'm pretty sure I've heard that Steve Buscemi is an absolute asshole to people. Mm. Is what I I've can heard. see that. Yeah, he's actually the weakest part of the movie. He's uh, Khrushchev who eventually like gets power and he's he kind of becomes the good guy a little bit. Hmm. But he's just kind of like the best choice out of just a bunch of just monsters. Least awful. Um, you guys seem Penny Dreadful. Oh yeah. Okay, the guy that would play the kind of the foppish museum curator, he is the worst human being that's ever lived. He he is Stalin's uh, uh, spy master, and he's just, it's an impossible, like, mustache-twirling character that he nails. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, he's so much more grounded than he ever was in Penny Dreadful. It is an amazing performance. And he's just, he's just, I'm fucking, it's like, he's kidnapping, like, eight, like, 16-year-old girls and just making them, like, sleep with him before, like, he releases them. And it, it's Almost play for laughs. Just was like, just was like, look at this fucking monster. He basically ran Russia under Stalin for like 20, 30 years. And he's just, he thinks he's going to get away with it because he's just going to release everyone from prison and ride that wave to just run Russia. It's, it's, ugh, the history and just the comedy of it, just, it's a lot. Did you see it in the theater? No, it just came up on Google Play. Oh, okay. And it's, if you can, if you can see it, I get a little drunk because <laughs> it's 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 a whiplash, but it is one of the best, darkest comedies I've ever seen. The subtitle on the poster is "A Comedy of Terrors." Yeah, it's fucked up. <laughs> like like um, Michael Palin is it was so much fun in this. I haven't seen him in anything in years, but he's like he's like the part of the inner circle who's like actually indoctrinated, that sort of like buys into all of it. And the chief, the spy master, like, kept his wife hidden from him for, like, years, told him she was executed. Oh, my God. And he uses that to basically, like, curry favor with him. And he's like, remember how I said that, you know, your wife was dead? Oh, yes, absolutely. A treacherous Sal. She's, she's gone. It's for the best. I'm like, yes, but, but? <laughs> what if she was wronged? Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> no, the, the bitch is dead, and that's for the best. And he's just, like, he just sort of slowly brings her out. He's like, oh, hi. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, you you betrayed Stalin. How dare you? And it just blows up in his face. It's it's something else. You've never seen anything like this. I'm curious. I'll admit it's good All stuff. Right. So uh, video games. So yes. let's talk for one more time about Assassin's Creed. In the last, I mean, we've all we've all played it. Yes, in the last two weeks, I finished it. Took me just shy of sixty hours. It's fucking huge. Chance played a little bit of it and decided that more of a good thing is not enough. No, more more of not enough is not enough. More more good of the same is not enough. Um, no, I was thinking about I was thinking about how it compares to like the new Ratchet and Clank, right? 
And I've always, I've always felt that a good thing done a little bit better is good. That's a good mm-hmm. thing. That's yes. why that's why I like Bloodborne better than Dark Souls, Dark Souls two or three. Um, that's why you know I think the new Ratchet and Clank is really good. I think A Crack in Time is probably the best Ratchet and Clank game because it was just more the same, but it was that done best. But shinier, yeah, new levels, yeah. yeah that's yeah. exactly what Assassin's Creed is. But yeah, Assassin's is. Creed was never all that fun. Ooh, okay, playing an Assassin's Creed game has never been as fun as playing one of the Prince of Persia Sands games. No, but it's they're not the same game at all. No, the platforming not. in Prince of Persia, it was... Okay, the platforming in the good Prince of Persia games was always was fun. It was part of the challenge. The combat, the Prince of Persia games, was... Pretty awful. shitty. The yeah, second I mean, one was not, was not the worst, but... The second one was the real emo one, wasn't it? Yes. The second yeah. one? I God think it's the best soundtrack. game overall. I, I agree. I, yeah, some I would give some you that of one, the actually. metal yeah. hybrid tracks were really good. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere, anyway. Assassin's Creed, for me, has never been about the platforming or the combat. It's been about kind of inserting yourself in this era of history and playing with you know what ifs or fic- historical fiction. I love meeting other historical people, like um. Yeah, but don't oh. you want to have fun while doing it? I was having fun, I, though. This is, my Witcher, fun. this is my Witcher problem all over again. Yes. See, I never got over that. <laughs> that, that has always stuck in my craw. It's still true, Alex. For example... It's, just play story mode, man. It's no. that good. No. Yeah, it is actually that good. Um, was it Unity that Benjamin Franklin was a character? Yes. Um, yeah. No, 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 that no, was, no, 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 yeah, or Unity. Actually. Yeah, I've I've lost track of what they are, but each one of them has somebody has some standout character that's funny, either NPC or player character. This one and Alex haven't gotten there yet, but Cleopatra's pretty cool. Oh, I got pretty Cleopatra. Ruthless. Yeah, you did get Cleopatra. Yeah, she's pretty ruthless. I, I love the line, "I will sleep with any man." Yep, yep. As long as they volunteer to be executed in the morning. <laughs> and people think about it. They're like, "Hmm, might yeah. be good. Might be worth it. Might be worth it." Um. Cleopatra's cool. I really Does like Mark her. Mark Anthony show up? Uh, briefly. Ah, damn. Not as much as Caesar. Caesar shows up later. Okay, cool. And yeah, but no, I'm, I'm loving the uh, husband-wife uh, vengeance vengeance team. Yes, absolutely. That's a lot of fun. It's, I don't want to spoil it because you should finish this. Mm-hmm. I just wish it had a happier ending. Oh, I know. See, now I'm more interested. I, I mean, they all just kind of end a little too happy for me. No, I, 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 read, I read what Chamberlain wrote. It's like a... It's like a death of character. But, like, is it a good tragedy or just lazy tragedy? Sad tragedy. <sighs> it's a sad tragedy. So, it's a okay. sad so tragedy because... It, 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 it succeeds in what it's attempting to say. Yeah, it does. It does. Because by by the time you're done, you really like Bayek. Oh, no. And you really think Aya is awesome. Because Aya is... You don't know Aya well enough to like her because she ends up buying into Cleopatra hardcore to the point where she pushes Bayek away. Um, and that backfires later on anyway, so I'm not going to go well, any yeah, further no, about Cleopatra that. Well, yeah, no, Cleopatra doesn't... Yeah. Their yeah. story is not in well. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but it, for the couple, for the married couple, it's just, it, I, I was sad. I was sad when it was done. And I know some of the DLC fixes some of that, but I'm not going to buy any of that. I'm just going to listen to the game. I, I already got 60 hours out of the game. I think I'm done 
I'm just for now. Like I, I finally got into just like hunting now and just like yes. just finding shit. Yeah. I'm having so much fun just killing hippos with arrows. Mm-hmm. I love how like the, the the bows are all technically just guns. Yeah, here's a and then each one is different. Here's a submachine yeah. bow. Here's a shotgun bow. Here's yep. a sniper rifle bow. And it, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And like you never have enough arrows. Never, never, never yeah. anywhere near enough. And that's, um, they've done that well. Once you unlock the ability to retrieve arrows from your shield, it gets a lot better. Because ah, okay. you can just block and then harvest arrows off your shield, and it helps a lot. Yeah, I've got there is a lot of cool stuff people. in that skill tree. There yeah, is. There is. Like, the stuff you expect. Oh, sleep darts. Oh, the double chain. And it's like, start with half a uh, power meter. Oh, fuck yeah. Start with full power meter, yeah. I, just, I actually... Just, the um, double dagger, like, just stab lunge is so much fun. Yep. Yeah, I barely touched the trap side of things. I think I got, like, firebombs, and that's it. I just, yeah, I never used traps. Darts. Yeah, I'm a little more ruthless than that. <laughs> because if, if it was a sleep dart to knock them out, I could kill them with my sniper bow from further away. Is it worth upgrading the hidden blade? Absolutely. By the time you're done, all of those things will be maxed out. Okay. It, I mean, it just kind of, as you're playing along, you will earn enough, as long as you're exploring things, because there's a specific rare component required for the higher-end um, things that you find in um, uh, tombs. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if, if, you're, if you're taking your time, if you're exploring, you will have enough to have all that stuff maxed out before you're God, done. Alexandria was stunning. Yes. Absolutely, and big, and varied, and living, and just wandering outside. And I'm like, hey, look at this guy stirring dye for clothes. Look at these fucking clay dye vats. Holy shit! Yeah, look at that farm over there. These are functioning farms. It's all like that. Wandering around Egypt, going down the Nile, you come across farms. You'll come across later in the game. You come across a place where they're mining the salt that they use for mummification. And it looks like a functioning mine. Holy shit! They need to take an extra year every time. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, I, I, the loot's I, fun. The different weapons are different enough. Uh, yeah. I love how like you can just, you know, turn the camel on autopilot and make a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. The, the oh, I there. love, I love, I love, I love the fact that you can just aim the bow at things and see how much damage each hit will do. If it's gonna kill or not? Yes. Yeah. That makes uh, fighting the hippos a little easier. Like maybe I should because if you if you hit a hippo with an arrow and you don't kill him, you're in trouble. It's like active <laughs> vats, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Fuck you guys. The only part I did my like, combat wise <laughs> was too, fighting fighting the elephants is stupid hard. The, 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 the um, hippos are kind of pushovers. They are once you get I mean once you get a sniper bow powered up, yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. And I did um, that real quick. Yeah, got a purple one, and I was like, yeah. You can't you just that. like climb a nearby building and then shoot at the elephants? And... Yeah, but no, I'm you can't out because of sniper shots really quick. Well, but the, in the areas that you fight elephants in, they're large open areas ah. where there's nothing to climb on. Oh. Okay. All so, but one of the elephant fights is optional. So, out of ten, what would... Now, I'm, I'm only addressing Chamberlain here, Alex. You haven't finished it. It has a weight of an eight to me. Uh, I'd, I'd say eight and a half. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. This is, without a doubt, this is the best Assassin's Creed game since Black Flag. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Black Flag was still better. Like I've, Because I, Blackbeard. Syndicate <laughs> made me feel nothing. This, I'm actually enjoying. Yeah, so I, I'd say it's it's an eight and a half, and it, it's only an eight and a half and not a nine because I really wish they would make an Assassin's Creed game with good combat as opposed to functional combat, or just better better dialogue. Holy yeah, crap. I, I, the only reason I'm not taking out points for that is I can skip everything. 
Yes, yeah, true. Just skip across it. Like, any any side quest, I just I I I I don't care what you have to say, buddy. <laughs> Some of the facial animations for NPCs is a little rough too. Oh, super rough. But the cutscenes mm. are great. Yeah, yeah. For the main characters, it looks good. It's I'm, like I'm frankly a little distressed that it sounds like you had more fun with an Assassin's Creed game than you did with Horizon last year. Oh no. No, I'm talking to like I don't think you. Yeah, had I know more you're fun talking to Chamberlain. I think it's Chamberlain because, had more fun with this. It's and that freaks me out, man. It's it, yeah, I don't it, get that. Assassin's Creed games have always landed in like my sweet spot of relatively easy combat exploration, seeing cool things, cool characters to interact with. They're never difficult games, ever, with the exception of the elephants, and they're optional. You can kind of almost play cruise control, and I can just live in this area. Like, I lived in Egypt for 60 hours. I became Bayek for 60 hours. And I never was living Aloy's world. I was playing as Aloy. I wasn't living hmm. as Aloy. It's the same thing that happened in Red Dead Redemption. I, I was. I, could, I, can, I think that's a good point. I was what's-his-face. Um the, uh, John Marston. Uh, Marston, yes. Yeah. I was John Marston. And when he died, I became his son, and I wanted to kill that motherfucker so bad. But he's just some old man fishing. I don't care. I still shot him five times. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I still shot him. But, um, um, so, that, that, I mean, that's, that's the difference. That's the difference. I, instead of playing the game, I was living it. I was in the game. I was looking forward to it every day. I think that's a good point. In fact, I was um, uh, the other day I was going back reading some old reviews, and for some reason, one of the ones I read was Killzone Shadowfall. Wow. I know, Is right? Is that on the PSP? No, PS4. that's... PS4. That's PS4. Yeah, that's, oh. that's, the, that's Gorilla's launch. PS4 launch title. Yep. And uh, I remember one of the things I wrote about it was about the ending, and I had completely forgotten about this game's ending until I wrote the review, but what happens in the game is, and this has been years out, I'm spoiling the fuck out of Killzone Shadowfall. <laughs> Go for it, nobody cares. <laughs> you, you play the entire game as this super spec ops guy who is incredibly loyal to the Vetkin military. And throughout the game, you spend a lot of time with a Helgen um, spy, and you come to realize how gray both sides in the conflict are. Mm-hmm. And then uh, as you go on, you realize that the guy that you've kind of pledged your loyalty to, the guy who raised you, is actually kind of a monster who is directly benefiting from extending the conflict between Vecca and Helgen. And when he realizes that you know what he is, he kills you. And then the credits roll. And you're like, fuck that shit. <laughs> and then suddenly you're in, an, you're in another first person view and you're not sure who you're playing as. I don't think. And you, you gotta, you have to go through this area and you get up to a sniper's perch and you look through a scope and you're looking at the boss of the main character's boss, the big bad guy. And the woman sniper says for Ethan or whatever his name was and boom blows the guy's head off. I was like, yeah. It's a great ending. Satisfaction. Yeah. It gave you that satisfaction after feeling so betrayed by it. Yeah. I also played Evil Within Two. Completed. Evil Within Completed. No, no, don't don't apologize. I I don't feel bad for having played it, because there really are not many horror games anymore, and this one fits that only the most loose sense. It was never actually very frightening, not even as the first one was. Um, It's kind of bad when you're playing through a game, and it does a callback to the first one, and shows you some of the bosses from the first game. And you look at it and go, wow, those look cooler than anything I've played in this game. (laughs) 
And you realize that Evil Within Two, Evil yeah, Evil Within Two, has added like nothing compared to the first game. Really? Except some of these open world areas, which are really annoying and stupid. Yeah, I looked at pictures of that. It looks really cheap. Um, the open world areas really are. There's a lot of space and not a lot in them. There's these zombie things that are always a pain to play because ammunition is always at an absolute premium. And I was playing it on its normal thing, which they call a survivor, but it's the middle difficulty. I mean, every bullet, every shotgun shell, every arrow or bolt, whatever you're using for your crossbow thing, is absolutely precious. And then the open world sections are filled with these absolutely annoying beasties who will hurt you if they catch you, who have very erratic movement patterns, so it's difficult to stealth kill them. But you need to fight some of them because you need the green goo to level up your character. So you're stuck in this, I don't want to fight these things, but I have to fight these things, but I have no ammo, but I'm not having any fun killing them. Can I just get to the next story section, please? So maybe maybe it's okay. Well, Evil Within was very much a, a Resident Evil spiritual sequel, right? Very linear, yes. Yeah, if I remember correctly. But but still kind of just the same feel. Yeah, as a Resident Evil game. And really, what you're describing in terms of um, need like scrounging for ammo so hard that that also feels very Resident Evil to me. Is this just a case where the game becomes the Resident Evils that we remember on New Game Plus? It could be, or it could also be... Is there be, a New Game Plus? There is a New Game Plus. Oh. And it allows you to keep what you want to keep. Oh. So, so what, it's I probably think, much funner the second time. It could be, yeah. Well, I mean, the other, I mean, maybe the issue is, is that when Evil Within, the first one came out, which I remember being an average game. It's okay. It was okay. It started strong and then got weak. This one went the opposite way. It started weak in the last four hours. It's actually pretty good. Hmm. Um, but when Evil Within came out, we didn't have Resident Evil 7. We didn't have the full reset, reimagining good Resident Evil again. We had Resident Evil 6, hmm. which was terrible. And 5, which was not great. But now we've got Resident Evil 7, which was one of the best games I played last year. And we have Evil Within 2, which is just kind of more of the last game. So I think you're right. I think this is becoming... Ah, so you mean much like ways. Assassin's Creed? <sighs> Ah, your own petard. Doesn't feel oh, good to get hosted, my petard. hosted on that, does Stop it? Stop hoisting my petard. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, I've missed this. Oh. Oh. It stings. So, no, it stings. Stings. It does. It stings a little bit. It stings a little bit. The other problem with Evil Within 2 is that in Evil Within 1, you didn't really know that everything was kind of this fake Matrix thing until the very end. You thought, maybe this is, everything's going crazy, and these are supernatural things, and monsters, and crazy shit. No, in the last half an hour, you find out that you've been in this, like, Matrix-like thing called STEM. Or well, no, Nest? There STEM? were, like, two puzzles where you pulled people out of being connected to a giant brain next to bathtubs. That's there, true. There was enough visual for Yeah, I kind of give you that. But in this one, you know from the very beginning that nothing's real. No. Oh. And you end up going back into... I think it's called STEM. I think it's what it's called. I've already forgotten. You end up going back into that. So the whole game, you know that nothing's real, which has more effect than you'd think. No, I could see it having an effect. So, I mean, it's, it's, the the game's a seven, six and a half, seven. It's, it's there. The final boss looks very interesting. It's a pretty standard shoot this slimy thing where it glows fight, but it's really like this kind of. It's kind of this, yeah. I mean, it's 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 so stereotypical. The glowing weak chest. point is is yeah. a is a trope because it works. Because yeah, because it, it lets work, you know. But we need to let it let it. Uh, the heart needs to grow fonder. <laughs> anyway, it, it 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 
But at least it looks interesting. This is this giant, like, several-story-tall, gooey mud monster thing that's kind of dripping stuff, and you end up blowing parts of it off. And oh, I've seen that, the kill looks... monster, yes. Yeah, yeah, it actually looks not bad, but it's still, you have fought this a million times. No. <laughs> Speaking so... of interesting-looking monsters, you guys saw The Ritual, right? Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's. I don't think it's great. But I feel like the payoff, just that whole last really half good. hour, it was fantastic. It was quite good, really quite good. And I love the attic. I love the just like the the guy's like, I'm gonna die. I'm just gonna die tomorrow, and he fucking dies tomorrow. Yeah, but um, it was how to put it. I liked what I liked most about that movie, and this is gonna be a weird thing to say, is there's a moment where and I don't I don't want to spoil it in case someone wants to go watch it who's listening. But first of all, the reason to watch the ritual is the creature design and the concept of the creature and the ritual. It's brilliant. Not the four twats in the forest. Not the four twats in the forest. They're Which pretty annoying. I thought the acting could have been much, much worse. Yeah, no, I agree with it that. Could have. No, I th- I thought they were all solid. They just were not that interesting. You kind of understood each of their characters instantly and they never let you down <laughs> in terms of who they were. Um, there was like some like the 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 main monster dude had some decent laugh lines, and I thought he did a fantastic job. Yes, and um, um, but anyway, to, to me that movie was brilliant, and you two have both seen it, so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, there's a moment in the movie where a where one of the heroes um, crosses a threshold, and you understand that at this moment he's safe, and mm. and nothing else in the movie has told you. That those are the rules of the creature. But because we have, we have just kind of spent this time with the creature, we know that rule, even though it's never been said or even hinted at. Well, the running time was a good hint. Well, <laughs> I suppose. I suppose. But, but, but to me, the fact that, that as soon as he's in the meadow, we know that he's okay, uh, I don't know. I, that just made, that just put, that just raised up the whole movie. That it somehow worked on me in a way that I hadn't been conscious of the whole time. And I, I, the dream sequences were really well done. Yes, and and really unnerving, and and uh, that was a great hook for that whole movie too. Yeah, no, it was good. It was it was, and that's, it was solid. that's one of the the Andes from um, Hot Fuzz, the lead there. Yes, yeah, and like, was, I know him from somewhere. Yes, it was weird movie, to see him out. not being hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Anyway, and then finally, I have officially. Retired from any and all fighting games. Oh yeah, oh, no. Now explain, explain this shit. Done with it. Like, because you did not go into much detail on the blog about why. It's because I hate ranting when I'm pissed off. Okay, we love to so hear it. much. Well, <laughs> you're not going to get the Marvel reaction here. Uh, that was because I had played it like half an hour before. I okay, but Blanca so is Blanca finally came in Street out, Fighter Five. Blanca, Blanca came out in Street Fighter Five, and he he's pretty good. I actually I don't really have any complaints about his move set. He He's never going to be top tier. He's solid mid tier. He does more damage than you'd expect for a gimmicky character. But once you know what to do to block him, he's going to have to work harder to get that damage because he is gimmicky. Which means, just like every previous iteration of this character, he's great at low levels. At mid to high, his use will fall off. Yeah, but and that's okay. fine. But that's sh- true to character. But shenanigans. But shenanigans. So the night it came out, I played probably sixty matches. Wow. And I won. I want to say 25 out of those 60. So I went 25 and 35. Less than 50%, but... That's not terrible. So I finished, and I sat there, 
I turned it off. And I realized that in that moment, I was not having fun. I was, I was agitated. I was upset. I was angry. I was not going to be able to fall asleep. And I'm wondering, I thought back to every night I finished Assassin's Creed, I was satisfied and calm. And I could look back and say, I enjoyed the last three and a half, four hours. This was a good time. I will looking forward to do this again tomorrow. After that three hours of Street Fighter, I was angry. I wanted to drink. I couldn't go to sleep. I was pissed off. My self-worth was low because I didn't do as well as I wanted to do. And there was this moment of realization, why the fuck am I doing this to myself when there are many other things I could be playing that don't upset me in this way? I had a very similar realization about a relationship, but continue. <laughs> now, and, I remember a troubled young man who, whose prized possession was a, was a fight stick. And in a moment of abject <laughs> rage, this troubled youth destroyed that fight stick. With a scissors. With a pair of scissors, as I recall. Yep. Yes. Yep, 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 yep. And I don't know how long it was before this this angry, disaffected youth realized the error of his ways and that Street Fighter is, in fact, his one true love and returned to it. But that return did come. And I tell you today, <laughs> sir, you will return. That gap was probably six months. Uh, okay. Six to nine bad. months. Yeah. I, I put down Civilization for like a year. And then I came back and no, uh, well, I never want to leave. Yeah, but you didn't put it down because you hated it. You put it down because you played it like a fucking heroin binge. <laughs> that's, that's not that's not a, a perfect analogy. <laughs> but it's not that bad either. <laughs> it, it's it's not like you know I I I'm I'm hiding like a secret like love of miniatures that this game strokes very well, <laughs> which I don't. I have nowhere near the you know room in my apartment slash. I oh, just the supplies alone would drive me insane. But, but like, it is... <laughs> you know what? I have those nights on Overwatch, though, man. Yeah, it's like trimming a bonsai. It's really nice. No, not, I'm saying I have those nights where I'm me. where I hate Overwatch, and I'm like, I am not having fun. This just pisses me off. Like, if I ever play Overwatch during the week, uh, it has to be like an early night quote for everyone in the house, and I can start playing at seven, so I can definitely stop playing by eight right. o'clock, so I then have two hours to unwind and de-stress before bed. Yeah, the only thing that ever made me feel like that was like trying to be like the hardest thing on Devil May Cry 3. And I was just like, I can't do this because it's making me too angry. Mm. Great game, though. What, what pushed me over the edge was when I could look at someone and watch what they're playing and go, wow, this guy sucks. <clears throat> and then I lost to him, which means I sucked more. Now, That's was it because, because mentally, because Blanca doesn't actually have no, some of the bread like, and butter abilities you need? He's got the tools. I mean, is he is he as good, you know, tier wise as Nikali? No, because Nikali is actually the Ryu of Street Fighter Five. Oh wow! Ryu is not that great. They fixed him in season three a little bit. Nikali is the one. He's got an invincible DP. He doesn't have a projectile, but he can get through projectiles. He's got grown ass man damage. He's got a couple mix ups. Nikali is the Ryu. He is kind of the baseline mid tier character that can beat most any other character. He hasn't had any terrible matches. Can we make Blanca an doesn't have of that, that, please. Hmm. Can we make an acronym out of that, please? <laughs> Grown ass man damage. Oh. Grown ass man damage. God, God, gammed. 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 That's, an, that's some more fun, uh, uh, more fun jargon. There you go. Is that a thing already? Grown jargon? ass man damage. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, I didn't make that up. That's a fighting game term. Oh, oh very good. Know. It's it's yeah. it's it's delightful. Yeah. Um, Blanca doesn't have that, but Blanca has the tools to beat people who suck. A- anyway, but mentally I could look at that and go, wow, this guy's no good. He's doing one thing and over and over again. But then I couldn't figure out how to beat that one thing. So what does that say about me? And and it just, I took a step back outside of myself. You know, you get angry and then you're going to meditate for a second. You think about it and you wonder why. Why are you doing this? I am probably past the midpoint of the years I'm going to get on this earth, at least functional years. Hmm. Chance, you're close. Shut up. <laughs> Why am I going to make myself this angry when I could play something else that doesn't make me angry? Because I mean, I'm going to play a I video will, game every night. I will night. tell you the answer. I will, I, tell you I, the I will answer listen to, to the answer. Because the joys of Street Fighter at its best, when you are playing your best Street Fighter, are infinitely, stratospherically higher than the highest height you had playing Assassin's Creed. I promise you that. You can't tell me I'm wrong. No, you can't. You know because you I can't? can think back. Because I'm right. Because I can pick out those moments. I can pick out specific memories of, of Street Fighter 2 HDR and Street Fighter 4 of... When you are one with the character and you do something amazing. In, in, Street, Fighter, in Street Fighter 2 HD Remix, I played a couple characters. Blanca was like, I played him, but I played Ryu, I played Sagat, I played Dalsim. Um, I played a Ryu match against a Honda where he had me in the corner and I had no health left. He's going to chip me out. I'm in the air. He starts 100 hand slap. In the corner. Now, there is space between hits of the 100-hand slap. I landed and did a DP between hits of the 100-hand slap and won the match. It is the coolest thing I have ever done in my entire life in any medium. And he's got two kids, folks. And I've got two kids. And I've been married they, for 18 they've years. They've gotten the talk. They understand. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah. <laughs> No, what I'm I'm saying that that doing a dragon punch, yeah, in between two hits is more impressive than creating. Life. Sorry, guys, you're great, but this you're thing, great, but this I did I this here, once. But I did it between hundred hand between slap punches. Hits. It's like it's like doing it. It's like doing it between the hits of a fucking uh, 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 Chun Li kick. Yeah, lightning legs. Yep. Yeah, I mean, lightning kick. Is, and, and and what made it the most impressive is I did it on. Purpose. I knew it was coming. I landed it. I knew it would work, and I performed the action. Okay. I moved more slowly. I have never reached that point with this game or any game since then. I didn't reach it with five, Street Fighter Five. I didn't reach it with Tekken Seven. I didn't reach it with Injustice One or Two or MKX. I certainly didn't. Hell, didn't reach it with Marvel. I didn't reach it with Street Fighter Cross Tekken. I've never gotten there again. I'm not saying you have to be at that perfect point, but you can't. Like you really have never had a thrill from Street Fighter V that was more thrilling than anything in Assassin's Creed. Really? <sighs> Assassin's Creed, Creed or, Assassin's Creed Origins is actually more thrilling to you than all the time you've had with Street Fighter V. Mm-hmm. No. I think that's a reasonable question. No, like it's, it, it's, it's, it's not. Because when I played more often, Nikali can go on a run where suddenly he gets all the hits and he all gets all the hits and does all the damage in a round and you'll perfect the guy and there's nothing they can do about it because you guess right three times and they're dead. Hmm. And that's like that's that emoji or that picture you push once oh the guy that kind of mm-hmm. you know yeah. that's what that is. 
And that moment, the pursuit of that moment, chasing that moment, and maybe getting that moment, I submit to you is worth that frustration that you felt the other day. Because that frustration is born of of the fact that you didn't catch that moment this time, and you know it's out there, and you know you can get it, and that's why you're going to come back to Street Fighter in the next six months, I See, promise. See, I, I know that, but... But when you're when you're when I'm done at the end of the night, I'm kind of doing that mental recap while I'm brushing my teeth, and I think, did I actually have any fun over the last three hours? And the answer is no. It's really hard to go back to that. Even those even those twenty five that you won, those weren't fun. With Blanca, your precious Blanca, sweet Blanca. <laughs> Stop it. I've got like a hundred and sixty RPG to that. start here. My gaming weekend began with me finishing my Capture the Flag placements in Overwatch. <clears throat> I went 0-4 oh God. for my last four placement matches, and I, I placed like 2,600, certainly not very good, um, middle of the pack, uh, better than nothing. I went on throughout the weekend... Uh, I played a lot of... Ca- like, my brother came on, and I said, what do you want to play? He goes, let's play Capture the Flag. And I, this blew my fucking mind, because mm-hmm. the previous weekend we played Capture the Flag, we didn't win one match. Jeez. Not once. And I kept on assuring him, don't worry, the win is coming. Never happened. <laughs> this past weekend, I got... I'm holding up fingers. Eight plays of the game with Tracer on Ayutthaya. Wow. The Capture the Flag man. No, it was fucking awesome. And I'm working on a vid right now that starts with me coming out of spawn with my team. And we're walking up towards the enemy area in Ayutthaya. And I get in a scrap with the enemy Moira. And it takes me, you know, like 10 seconds of fighting this Moira to kill this Moira because I'm not great. And uh, then I turn around to head into the enemy base. And I look up at the kill feed and a widow has killed one of my teammates. And within a half a second, she's killed a second teammate. And within another second, she's killed another teammate, and I just go, nope, and I turn around. And I walk back towards (laughs) my spawn, and as I walk back, I turn around, and I'm looking, and she has already come up to the high ground looking out over me, and she's she's lining up on me. So I blink out of there, and I get back to my group. (coughs) And I kind of wait a little bit, and I start heading back towards her. And I see that she's still up there. She can still see me. And I go to a spot that's just underneath where I know she's standing, and she kind of sprays me with her machine gun a little bit, and I get out of the way, and then I put myself back into the door, and I go, hi. And I'm like, (laughs) we're going to have a fun row. (laughs) It was so good. Right now, it's set to Clarence Carter's Looking for a Fox. And, <laughs> and, uh, I then, I then get into their base, kind of get a, get a couple punches in on their Roadhog and Junkrat. Then I fall beneath the point and she starts taking shots at me. So I wave at her again. And then I go on a long flank and, uh, and then she realizes that I'm standing behind her. And she turns around and waves at me and I wave back. And then we both put our sprays down. And then it's time to go. I have to go deal with stuff. And the play of the game was me coming onto the point, grabbing their flag, coming up, and then she ults. So I wave at her through the wall. Um, she comes to the doorway on the high ground and misses a headshot on me. I blink through her, drop a pulse bomb in there, kill her and Junkrat, go back and pick up the flag. That was play of the game. I got another pulse bomb on her and Moira, and then the second time she ulted, I again waved at her, blinked right into her, stuck a pulse bomb to her, and rewound. It was absolutely beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And then we had, hang on, hang on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull out the messages. I'm totally gonna do a post of just positive messages with people in Overwatch. See, that doesn't happen in Street Fighter. 
Well, the thing is, it doesn't happen because you don't do it. It would happen if you did it. And then one day someone might send you a good message and it would Wait. occur to you, this this only happens you, because I started this. You want me to talk to strangers? I don't want you to talk to them. I want you to send them uh I want you to send them nice messages. So <clears throat> mm. Tracer, GG. When I blinked onto the point and you bodied me in midair, awesome. I, I blinked out onto the point, she got me once in midair, and then when I landed, she just killed me. It was perfect. And then they write back, GG, I thought we were friends. And I write back, I still have, we still have jobs to do, plus it was hilarious. They write, it was nice, pul- <laughs> nice pulse bombs, though. I go, best ones all night, to be honest. She goes, they were the bomb. <laughs> and I didn't want to reply to that, but in hindsight, I absolutely love puns. So my reply to that is going to be this video when I post it. Anyway. <laughs> oh, really good games. Really good games. And, um, yeah, but I filled up the hard drive so much that the recordings are starting to skip again, so I really need to put out a video. Clean them out. Clean them out. Yeah. So tell me about Owlboy. Okay, I played about a half hour of Owlboy. Okay, tell me about that half hour of Owlboy. I can't really say much. Um, I can tell you kind of about how the plot's set up, but in terms of the game's mechanics, it's really uninteresting to me so far. Aww. It's a platformer where you can fly, and... Um, and what you're actually doing in terms of any sort of challenging gameplay, it occurs when you interact with another character. And looking at reviews, um, this is the strength of the game, that the game is about the relationships that the titular character has with with all of these friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the first friend you get, what you do is you like pick him up in your owl talons or whatever and fly around with him, and he's got a gun, and he can shoot stuff. And so you're controlling both Owlboy and the gun guy. And, uh, you know, it's, it's beautiful pixel art. It's an original world. Uh, you certainly empathize with the protagonist because he's being shit on by his entire village. Uh, and the guy who raised you and is, it's his job to teach you. But in their defense, you're not really a good owl person as far as the good qualities of owl people go. Like, you can't really fly very well. You're not really smart. Also, you can't talk. And so basically you're just a disappointment in every direction. Um, but you're still a nice guy. And that's kind of the mm-hmm. point of it is that it's okay to be different. I'm sure will be the point. Because what's really important is the, is the love that we make in our society and our friends and all the good mm-hmm. that we do. Like, Paying it forward. Yeah, I can <laughs> see where it's going. And it was, you know, charming, but that half hour was not enough to make me say, okay, I gotta keep playing this, because that was on my Switch, and Bayonetta 1 and 2 are now on my Switch. Ah. And if I'm playing anything on my Switch right now, it's gonna be Bayonetta 1 and 2, uh, plays beautifully. Absolutely okay. beautifully. Haven't touched the first one, only touched the second one. I don't think it's as mechanically good as the first one, but I'm not sure how it's worse. Like, it just, I remember being more thrilled with the mechanics of the first Bayonetta. And maybe this is identical, and I just can't notice, but it does seem easier to me. Hmm. It does seem easier. It does seem a little less interesting. And, um, oh, yeah, you remember how when you did, like, a, a quote, torture attack on an enemy, the attack you did was based on which enemy you did it to? Yeah. I'm pretty sure in this, your torture attack is actually based on what weapon you're using. Because I kept on wondering how come every single enemy is getting slammed in this thing, and then I switched uh, and switched my weapon out, and so I got to test this. But I think that's the case in Bayonetta too. Either way, um, this is you know a, a triple A, top of the line, um, Devil May Cry. That's it. That's all you got to know about Bayonetta. Um, and um, I will say it does feel like the sexiness is really toned down for the sequel. Good. Yeah. Um, it's. Uh, 
Sh- it was pretty cringy in the first one. Let's it was insanely cringy. It, yeah, it, it was really, super cringy. It took it down like a whole letter grade for me. Yes, yeah. and and this I would say maybe thirty percent is still there. In that's, kind of that's that is tolerable. Yeah, in kind of bayonet herself and like the way that she'll like like do a little dance before she summons an awesome thing. Um, but everything is bigger. And like as I recall, at the end of the first bayonetta, you fight God, mm-hmm. and. Um, and this is already huge. Like things that the things that happen in Bayonetta two, um, as like a matter of course, within the first thirty minutes, are like city shattering events. Mm-hmm. Uh, dealing with dealing with things the size of buildings. Like it's really spectacular. It is really spectacular. Um, the characters. There's um um instead of remember how there was a little girl Cereza that Bayonetta had to carry around for like the entire first game. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So there is no Cereza in this, but there's there's a little British boy, love. Mm. And he gets... He is immediately that annoying, and he never gets less. Well, oh. the Joe Pesci from the other one was just as irritating, so... Yeah, no, he's back. He, he's he's still pretty shitty. But, awesome. uh But uh, little sassy street punk British kid, love. Like, Stop, no, every time. Fucking... Every time, love. Every time, love. You got a Jesus problem with that, Christ. love? Hey, hey. Don't talk to me like that, love. Anyway, so yeah, imagine that. Singing little people from again and again and again and again. Yeah, though no, he's fucking terrible. Uh, but the action is really good. The presentation is really good. Uh, it runs really well on Vita. It controls, or sorry, uh, Switch. Switch runs really good on Switch. It controls perfectly. Um, I think just because it doesn't rely on the right analog stick at all, you don't need yeah, it for anything. So yeah. you can play this kind of the way it was meant to be played. Um, this is, and I, I say this after buying. Um, Doom and Skyrim for Switch. This is the Switch port that I have been waiting for. Okay. Yeah, this is the one that I, I bought and played, and I'm really, really happy that I have it. It's the first game, the first kind of full release game on Switch that I've been really happy to have since, like, going through Mario and Zelda. And I didn't even beat Zelda. In Dead, the meantime, Deadbolt. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I remember watching videos of that going, it's kind of like a 2D side-scrolling... Hotline Miami. Yes. And I feel like it's supposed to be a stealth game, and I don't understand the stealth of it at all. They're either coming straight for you really fast, and literally a frame after they see you, you're dead, as far as I can tell, Yeah. or they just don't see you, and you can walk up behind them and kill them. Uh, It's not fun to me at all. I don't understand... Maybe I just didn't get far enough in the tutorial to understand, but they were throwing shit at me that I didn't understand how I was supposed to be having fun doing this. It felt yeah. like like it did not feel like this was something that would be repeated quickly a la Hotline Miami so that it would be palatable. Yeah. Um, the tutorial itself was pretty sizable, and I just didn't care enough to finish it. It was not fun. I turned it mm. off. I should have deleted it. Disappointing. That's disappointing. Yeah, because part of what made Hotline Miami work was instant retries. Yes, yes. And uh, there was another game that did it really, really well. What the fuck was it recently? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, uh, Celeste. Celeste, yeah. 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 When you fail in Celeste, it is instant. And it's only one room you're trying to get through in Celeste. So it's fine. And in this, no, there's a lot. And when you die, you're going right back to the start. <laughs> so, yeah, no, fuck Deadbolt. Oh, well. <clears throat> oh, well. Does that mean it's time for headlines? I think so. In Overwatch news. Okay, there's a lot of Overwatch news. I'm going to try to get through this as quickly as possible. Uh, In the week we were off, a bunch of balance changes appeared on the PTR. Uh, Doomfist ammo recovery was reduced to 0.65 seconds from 8 
uh, down from eight seconds. So he just gets his his knuckle shotgun mm-hmm. faster. Uh, May, when she starts to freeze you, but before you become frozen, you slow down. Your movement slows. Your ability to turn slows. Uh, and now instead of only lasting for one second, that will last for 1.5 seconds. Also, her alt fire, uh, they reduce the ammo on the icicle, so she can get 10 shots per clip instead of uh, 8. Sombra got a huge buff, and basically the entire Overwatch community is telling Blizzard that this is completely overpowered. It is not going to be fun <laughs> to fight against her. Uh, you need to fix this. Uh, but today they pushed it live along with everything else anyway. Ooh. So EMP is no longer blocked by small objects. The hack effect now um, no longer gains ult charge from health packs, first of all. The cast time of hack was reduced from 0.8 to 0.65 seconds. So basically a half second, no one will be able to interrupt you if you start hacking them from behind, I expect. Uh, it now disables Genji's ability to double jump and wall climb, Hanzo's ability to wall climb, Farah's hover jets, Lucio's healing boost, and speed boost. It will just turn off whatever song he's playing right now. Wow. Yes. And he can't wall ride. Mercy can no longer angelic descent. The spread on her machine gun has been reduced from 3 to 2.7, uh, whatever. Uh, and now she can see enemy health bars as soon as the uh, the health of the enemy drops below 100%. That doesn't mean she can see enemies through walls. She can still only see them through walls once their HP is below 50%, and they increase the duration of her translocator from 15 seconds to 20 seconds. So some remains right now are having a fucking field day. <laughs> people, Everything got better. Yep. Yeah, people are coming back from live servers saying that this is absolutely horrible. They can't believe Blizzard pushed this live. They're comparing it to when Bastion had 35% damage reduction in turret mode. Which was just, and as you'll recall, when that occurred, I didn't go into competitive mode for three weeks because of that buff on Bastion. And so this on Sombra is really scary to me because that is a real problem for Tracer. And I believe the new competitive season should be starting up like today or tomorrow. Ouch. So I'm really disappointed in that. Uh, A Widowmaker Figma is now available for pre-order. Jeff Kaplan posted the ranking populations of competitive mode last week, and there are 8% of players in bronze, 21% in silver, 32% in gold, 25% in platinum, 10% in diamond, 3% in master, and 1% in grandmaster. Now, all last week and this week, uh, they were teasing Brigitta. Brigitta? Brigitta. Pronouncing it? Brigitta. They, okay. they were, they were teasing Brigitta. And I don't want to go into all the teas. I, we don't have time. We'll just talk about, um, what her deal is. And yeah. so, <clears throat> uh, Brigitta, if you're ever trying, if you've ever forgotten how to pronounce that, just think of Vegeta from Dragon Ball and put a <laughs> BR permanent. Seriously, that's it. Brigitta. <laughs> okay. 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 I'll remember that. So what she is, and she's actually something that, uh, the community and every community I've been a part of has been asking for a tank healer hybrid. Um, since the game launched pretty much. And she's not much of a tank. She really is more of a support, but she's very much a paladin. That's what she is. So what she has is a flail on a chain in one hand and a little version of Ryan's barrier shield in the other hand. Her shield only has 600 health, and it only covers her hitbox in the front. So it's not very big either, Hmm. Uh, but it is still a shield, and it can protect people directly behind her. The flail has a horizontal reach about as big as, or has a for uh, a forward reach that's about five meters. So wow. it really flies out in front of her, and it has a cleave effect, just like Reinhardt's hammer. Additionally, every time it strikes an enemy, 
your allies will be healed for, I think it's like 75 health over 5 seconds. This translates to like 21 health or something per second. Uh, it's really not much. It's less than Lucio when he's not amping it up. But it's something. And every time she strikes, that um, that heal over time gets reapplied. So it doesn't stack. You're still you're only ever getting healed for, you know, 20-whatever per second. But as long as she's swinging and hitting something, anyone around her is getting healed, including herself. Uh, beyond just that swing of the flail, she can throw the flail 20 meters in front of her. It will impact an enemy for high damage. Oh, by the way, the flail does like 33 damage per hit. It's not much. But when she throws it, it does 75 damage and knocks whoever it impacts back. So she can boop people off ledges with it. Or if a Winston comes flying in, she can just throw that flail into him at 20 yards away and just stop that dive right in its tracks. Okay. So she's viewed very much as an anti-dive character. The other thing she can do with her shield is a shield bash, which stuns a character for long enough for her to get in two two strikes with her flail. It also does about uh, 80 or 90 damage. What this means is if she gets a shield bash on a tracer, tracer's dead. dead. That's it. That's all the combo she needs is shield bash, swing, swing, and tracer can't recall out of it. Um, She has 200 hit points and plus 500 armor for 250. Her other active ability, it's on, I think, like a 10-second cooldown or maybe shorter than that, is she throws a repair kit at an ally. If, um, well, let's say you have 200 health. And if you've lost, if you're down to 50 health and she hits you with a repair pack, you will go back up, you will go up to 200 health. It'll heal you for 150. If you have full health, it will apply 75 armor to you. Hmm. That armor will disappear in four seconds. But, if you have, let's say, uh, 100 health out of a max of 200 and she hits you with it, you will heal up that 100 health and then get 25 armor. So the overheal is 50%, right? Okay. Uh, but okay. it becomes armor. Her ultimate is called Rally. And what that is, is she moves faster. And then in her aura, anyone nearby starts building up shield or starts building up armor up to 150 armor max. Now, she will continue to apply 300 armor over the course of her ultimate as it's getting torn off, but you will never exceed the 150 max that it can apply. So okay. what this means is that for she herself, she can get up to 400 hit points off with her ultimate. Um, so she is she's very much anti-dive. Uh, she'd be very good in a death ball comp. Um, she's... Uh, the the burst that she can put out on squishies is actually pretty impressive with the throw and the the shield bash mm-hmm. uh so she's going to be very anti dive she and just that armor may shake up the meta quite a bit so yeah that should be interesting when does she actually come out uh she's Do on the know? PTR right now um okay. and usually when a character is on the PTR they go live within 2 to 4 weeks i think it was okay. 3 weeks for Arisa okay okay moving on <laughs> Uh, Electronic Arts has confirmed its E3 presence this year it, with uh, EA Play 2018. It will include, quote, a new look at Anthem, the next Battlefield, and a few surprises. Oh. None of which will be in a polished state. Not even a single real trailer will be shown. <laughs> we'll just see a bunch of people at the studios talking about their vision for a project and not actually be shown anything. whole bunch of bullshots. Yeah, just fucking EA's press conferences. The last two years in a row have just sucked balls. Mm-hmm. Uh, Axis Games have announced a Little Dragon Cafe for Switch and PS4, describing it as a real dragon husbandry sim- simulator. <laughs> it's the next game from the creator of Harvest Moon, so that gives okay. it a pretty high profile. Uh, THQ Nordic, and this this was a weird headline to read for me. 
because I don't think it's the same group, but THQ Nordic has purchased Cockmeat Coach Media, or however you pronounce that. Coke, yeah. Yeah, Coke Media for $149.6 million. So this includes publisher Deep Silver of Dead Island fame, which owns Saints Row, Dead Island, and the Metro IPs. So, man, I don't understand. Like, has THQ Nordic actually have any big successes? How can they do this? I don't know, but now they've got all the old THQ titles. They really do. They they named themselves well. Let's hope that the same fate does not befall them. <laughs> mm, as long as Metro is good. As long as the new Metro is good. That's all I care about getting out of them. Well, that and that Darksiders 3 is them. Darksiders 3 is them? Yep. But yeah, Metro should be pretty cool. And man, maybe we'll actually get a Dead Island 2 that, uh, you know. <laughs> it maybe, doesn't suck. <laughs> it'd be amazing if Techland turned around and partnered with these guys. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, Red Hook Studios have released a new pass, patch for Darkest Dungeon on Switch, which addresses some bugs that would halt your progress in the Crimson Court quest. Surprise. They're so good at support. Yeah. Uh, also, Darkest Dungeon launches on Xbox One um, today, actually, February 28th. Wait, is that today? Ooh. Yeah, I'm sorry. that's today. It's been a stressful week. And the Crimson no, Court yeah. DLC will be free for the first 60 days. Pre-open, pre-orders opened on February 21st. Nice. So too late to pre-order, I guess. Uh, physical editions of Darkest Dungeon for Switch and PS4 became available, I think it was yesterday, through Signature Edition Games. And yes, I did. Mm. You did? Yes, for both. For Switch or for PS4? Yes. <laughs> uh, Tribute Games have successfully patched the elevator bug for Mercenary Kings on Vita. Yay. Uh, Senran Ka- oh, Alex, this is for you. Senran Kagura Peach Beach Splash will come to PC on March 7th. <laughs> the mod community cannot oh, wait. Oh, God. <laughs> I just made you sick. Yeah, I don't know why. Let's, like, if you're gonna, whatever. No, no, no. I don't understand, even... I don't understand why that's such a big thing in games, I guess, because we're on the internet. Like, why do you need that in your game when we're on... Eh, whatever. Uh, the kickstarted System Shock remake, which pulled in... System Shock remake, which pulled in 1.3 million, is now on hiatus with no further details. Basically, it sounds like the studio just kept on expanding the scope of what they were trying to do with the game, but they didn't actually make the game. They just kept on getting more and more ambitious, and they turned around and said, okay, what have we got? <gasps> Nothing! <laughs> and so now, basically, the can't I, I hope that happens, because, I, I mean, I've... I've never played the first System Shock. I don't know a lot of people who have played the first System Shock. Mm-hmm. People play System Shock 2, but mm-hmm. the first one's one of those kind of lost games that everybody knows about, but nobody played. True. Yeah, and this well, these guys own the IP now. And so it's really sad to... Like, they were supposed to make a System Shock, Shock sequel. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like just nothing's going to happen now. Anyway. Uh, this I find really potentially cool. Uh, last week, Guilty Gear creator Daisuke Ishiwatari said, after releasing Guilty Gear Zerd Rev 2, it's clear what we need to improve on. The key is to win over more users because of the complex controls. But if we implement everything, the game will be no longer be Guilty Gear, so it's hard to balance out all the improvements. But one thing we'll have to do in the next installment is to reduce the number of systems or mechanics. It's too complicated for everyone. So you can expect that in the next game. Guilty Gear and Blazewell are interesting because each character has something unique, mechanically unique. Absolutely, Blazewell is more so than Guilty Gear, um, but yeah, each one has some one thing, some weird thing that's absolutely specific to them, which makes matchups very difficult. I think there's a the perfect example of this is the vampire girl in Blazeblue, who literally yeah. controls the wind on a stage as you fight mm-hmm. her, blowing you mm-hmm. this way. It's an amazing idea. I mean, it's I mean, it's it's really cool. I never got into Blaze Blue much because specifically because of that because it's you're not you don't learn one character. You need to learn all the characters, at least some basic knowledge to have any success. Mm-hmm. 
Otherwise, you're just going to be outsmarted, or or your 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 ignorance will kill you. Well, I'm I'm I've always like I've always been very jealous of Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue, and if they can give me a, one of those games that I can actually play, like to the same degree that I could play uh, Virtual Fighter, I would be thrilled. Dragon Ball's close. From what little I played of the demo, there's enough auto combo stuff in there that it's significantly easier to play, but the tag mechanic in that throws a huge wrench into things. Well, not only that, but there's so much additional depth in there that if I don't understand all that depth, I'll just get thrashed by people who do. Yeah. Yeah, that, that I'm not cool with. Watching high-end Dragon Ball is pretty crazy. <laughs> it's... Oh. Uh, indie titled The Final Station launched on Switch last week, February 22nd. Uh, the Mega Man Legacy 1 and 2 collections will launch on Switch on May 22nd. Uh, there's going to be a Tomb Raider Barbie <laughs> modeled after her appearance in the new game. So she's got like the gray tank top and like, you know, the Alicia Vikander movie and she yeah. comes with like bandages and actually has a climbing ax. Cool. I don't know that it is. I, mean, I think it is. I think it's kind of cool. I think cool. it is. At least she's more physically possible than, you know, the Angelina Jolie slash older Tomb Raider. Yeah, but I feel like new Tomb Raider... Or new new Lara Croft from the last two games is actually more of a positive kind of female representation than any Barbie will ever be, and that True. this is kind of reducing. And the thing is, classic classic Lara Croft, absolutely. You know, Barbie's a step yeah, up. Yeah, that's what, yeah. But this one, I kind of feel like this is slumming, and maybe current Barbie is very socially conscious. And doing all kinds of shit that's really, really positive, and I'm just not aware of it. See, thankfully, I don't know because my daughter's too old for all that. I'm oh. okay not knowing all that, so. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so I was uh, pretty miffed about all the Children of Morta coverage that was coming out two weeks ago that completely ignored the Vita Kickstarter stretch goal that the game had. So I went digging through the studio's tweet replies and found one from December 2016 where they were asked about the game on Switch and they replied, quote, we would like that to happen. <laughs> and that's the best I can get to them honoring the best. stretch goal that they hit. <sighs> Fuckers. Stretch goals mean nothing. They, they really have your do. money. They really do. It's just here's a here's a promise we won't keep. Give us more money. Mm. Uh Player Unknown's Battlegrounds will get a third map before the end of the summer. Uh it's worth noting a lot of people like they started cheating at the game in order not to get the second map because everyone hates it so much. Wow. Yep. I had no idea. Yep. Uh, Burnout Paradise Remastered was announced last week for PS4 and Xbox One. It'll launch March 16th for 40 bucks. See, I'm one of the minority who didn't like Paradise and wishes they would remake Burnout Revenge. My brother loves Paradise. My issue with this is, I mean, I feel like this has a place on the PS4. I'm not sure the Xbox One needs it with Horizon. Uh, or Forza, pardon me. The it's about the crashes <laughs> more than yeah, anything but, else. Yeah, but Paradise was was less about the crashes than any other Burnout. Which is why I didn't like it as much as Revenge. But it's also so. why it was more successful than any other Burnout. I know. I know. Yeah. Anyway. I remember Burnout 2 being like the pinnacle, but anyway. <clears throat> uh, Notable Shooter Vanquish is now backwards compatible on Xbox That's One. Awesome. Everyone should buy it so they make a second Vanquish because Abs- Vanquish is awesome. Absolute classic. Oh. Uh, that new uh, Luigi Balloon Finding DLC is now available in Super Mario Odyssey. Funny side note to that, and I saw this, I cannot take credit for this, I saw this on uh, Checkpoint yesterday, in case you don't watch that, people are taking the balloons and clipping out of bounds, and hiding the balloons outside of the map, oh. which is going to prompt Nintendo to patch that, which is going to completely screw speedrunners. So, 
<laughs> so wait a minute. They're finding ways to basically clip outside of the map and cheat and hiding no. the balloon in places where people cannot get. I get that, but how does it benefit you if no one finds your balloon? You get coins and no one finds it. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, so. Hollow Knight celebrated its one-year anniversary this week. And yet we have no date on the Switch version. No, but speaking of dates for Switch versions, um, uh, Airship Syndicate keep on tweeting that it's this uh, uh, Battle Chasers is going to be really soon on Switch. Okay. A, uh, I love this so much. Uh, a subversive Easter egg for Metal Gear Survive was found this week. And what it is, is it's a clipboard in the game featuring a bunch of character names. And you know, they're like, you know, Metal Gear Solid character names, like mm-hmm. like Spinning Eagle or stuff like that. <laughs> but if you take the first initial of uh, so many of the uh, the last names, it spells out uh, uh, KGP Forever, which is uh, Kojima Japan Productions. <laughs> Which Konami would not be happy with because they wouldn't even let Kojima put his name on Metal Gear Solid Five when it came out. Mm-hmm. Then the last two names on the clipboard are Bastard Yuta and Cunning Yuji. Yuta and Yuji are the names of the game's director and producer. So uh, someone in Konami is probably getting fired, but it's probably worth it. Yeah. To not work for Konami anymore. Yeah. Did you hear that they're charging you ten bucks for an extra save slot in that game? I'm I, dead serious. No, I had not. But the, here's the thing: had you heard that that game came out? <laughs> I heard that the game came out and didn't work right away on PS4. <laughs> no, because like no, apparently no one knew that the game was out. Like I didn't know that the game was out until the media I follow started you know talking about it and saying, "Eh, it's not that good." But uh, yeah, but so. but yeah, like this was a Metal Gear game that has none of the profile of a Metal Gear mm-hmm. game. No one gives nope. a shit. That this Nobody is cares. Out. No one it's, cares. It's dumb because I'm not like I guess I never, you know, the the name Metal Gear has a big meaning to me. But in terms of a game that I'm hyped for, I'm hyped for the next Hideo Kojima game. It turns out, no matter how much stupid story that needs to be cut is in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least it has a chance to be amusing. Yeah. Uh, Electronic Arts A Way Out has gone gold. Do you remember what A Way Out is? Did you have to look that up? No, I remember because I was so pissed off because it's a game that forces co-op. Yes, it is. can't game single player. I remember A Way Out because of that guy's drug-fueled rant at the yeah, game Yeah, he was pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was pretty yep. good. Uh, so I'm really hoping that'll fail spectacularly and he'll no longer be able to support his habit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ESRB will now include an in-game purchases label on video games that include loot boxes or DLC. Uh, now, they said that they had done research into what parents knew about loot boxes and what a loot box is. And apparently, almost any parent, if you ask them if they knew what a loot box is, they'd say yes. And if you ask them to describe it, it would be clear they had no idea. <laughs> um, so the thing is, in-game purchases uh, doesn't, I don't feel, actually does explain what a loot box is either. No, it doesn't. To that me, could be just DLC. Yeah, yeah. T- to me, that suggests, you know, I'm paying five bucks for Blanca. Yeah. Uh, it does not mean that you should ga- it should say in-game gambling. On most digital storefronts, on P- like like PlayStation Store and Xbox, it does say asterisk game contains in-game purchases. Really? Already? Yeah. Prudent. Wow. You wouldn't think they would do that, especially for the freebies. Because I've been, I mean, in between things, I've been trying out some of the card games. Like there is a Hand of God card game, and I'll try out the Fable one tonight. Oh, and they're free man. to download, but they say. 
contains in-game purchases. There's actually a game that I forgot to put on that list of games that I have played and I was intending to talk about. Oh, yeah? Every time I play Overwatch with my brother, you know what he says? Hmm. Have you played Hearthstone yet? Oh, man. Every time, for months. For months, this is what I get from him. So, yeah. so two weeks ago, I relented. I said, fine, I'm downloading Hearthstone. And then the next week, he goes, have you played Hearthstone? I go, no. <laughs> I go, but I'm going to. I promise you I'm going to. I'm going to try it. It was okay. But I haven't tried it yet. And the next night, I get a text. Have you played Hearthstone? No. God, fucking Sen fine. Jeez. Sends me a text. We should be playing Hearthstone. Whatever. So last weekend, we're playing Capture the Flag, having a great time. Have you played Hearthstone yet? No, I will. I swear to God, I will. You should do it. I will. <laughs> fine. So yesterday, I played through the five matches you have to play for Hearthstone's tutorial. Yeah. Yep. Did you play those five matches? I did. I, I actually put some time into Hearthstone. Oh, really? Yeah. Because yep. from my end, um, having completed those five matches, I never need to touch or look at this game again. <laughs> I don't understand um, what's compelling about it. Did you play Magic in its physical form? No, never. Okay, that's why. I played a lot of Magic in college. And it's the same trap. And I think... Goodness, I never spent any actual money on Hearthstone, which means I didn't win very often, but it's the same itch, the same idea. Mechanically, Hearthstone's pretty good, and everything else rips it off like you wouldn't believe. Well, I, I, I guess I guess it's like what's happening then is Hearthstone's claws are like raking across me, and I'm going like, what are you doing? It's like, I'm scratching your itch. I'm like, I'm not itchy. You're just scratching no, me. No, yeah, that's just weird. I don't itch there. Yeah, don't, 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 not don't there. stop no, touching me. No, that's not stop working. Stop touching me. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good do it good that's good don't don't fall into that trap don't uh, legendary yeah. rpg chrono trigger is now available on steam and it's just awful it's Aww. just an awful awful port that like every major game site was like don't touch this read this Aww. first understand what you're actually buying apparently it's like a fucking phone port it doesn't work very well yeah that's a shame. Uh, Sony announced this week that 2018 Game of the Year, Horizon Zero Dawn, has moved 7.6 million copies, both physical and digital. Impressive for new IP. Yeah, for new IP. In fact, I think uh, that is their most successful new IP of the current gen. But that would what... not surprise me, because what else do they have? Yeah. I mean, Knack. <laughs> you know, okay, there's, there's Knack. Uh, I guess you could count the Drive Order. Drive Club. The Order 1886, Drive Club. Yeah. Uh, yeah. God, there was another one. Okay, whatever. Um this month's PlayStation Plus offerings are oh, Bloodborne yeah. and Ratchet and Clank. That's some good stuff. That is some amazing stuff. That is mm -hmm. probably the best PS4, PS Plus lineup there has ever been. You own both of those already, though. Yeah, I don't need them. Uh, in fact, I'm yeah. pretty sure I have a digital copy of Bloodborne already, too. <laughs> and I have two physical copies because I wanted to import like the complete edition with all the DLC on, on the, on the Ooh, disc. Okay. Um, we also got an announcement that in March 2019, that is one year from now, PS Plus will no longer offer PS3 or Vita games. You knew it was coming. I did. I did. And it's a year away still. Yeah, there's still plenty of time. Like the, the Vita will be yet deader by then. <laughs> Not debtor, more exclusive. No, debtor. <laughs> debtor. And it's, it's just looking at the Switch going, I was once like you. The Switch is like, no, you weren't. No. Everyone wants me. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I actually saw Switches just sitting out there ready to be purchased at Best Buy the other day. Hmm. I'm like, look, there's just sitting there. I could buy, I have one, but I could buy a Switch right now. Hmm. I wonder if like the Switch bubble has burst. Uh, until the next first-party big game comes out, mm. Kirby or Metroid or something, I can well, see it sell slowing down a little I bit. I doubt that Kirby is going to be a system seller. 
Uh, no, maybe Donkey Kong. Metroid for sure, though, but uh, Metroid's Metroid. not this year. Yeah, Metroid Metroid's sure. not this year, though. It's not this year. Uh, Clay, uh, Clay Entertainment are saying that Don't Starve will finally get its physical release this April, quote, for real this time, we promise. Does that include, like, Don't Starve Together and all the other add-on stuff? I don't know that it includes Shipwrecked. I don't okay. actually know. But, in fact, I'm not sure that Shipwrecked even came to PS4. I think it did. I think Shipwrecked, no. I don't, damn it. Okay, I'm Googling this right now. Don't start. Because I was assuming it took them so long to do that because they kept adding more and more stuff. Don't start. To it. Don't start Shipwrecked Console Edition PlayStation Store. Yeah, it's there. Hmm, okay. I could have been playing Don't Start Shipwrecked. But it's not on my Vita, so I wouldn't. <laughs> uh. And actually, when I went into when I went into uh, my local EB to pre-order God of War and uh, Bayonetta, I pre-ordered Bayonetta like five days before it came out because I yeah. wanted to make sure I could get a copy. And uh, the the guys, I said like, what else do I have pre-ordered on there just to make sure I'm not missing anything? And he lists off, and he goes, "Don't starve." I go, "Don't starve." He goes, <laughs> he goes "Yeah." I go, "That was supposed to come out." Like a fucking year ago. He goes, yeah, I remember that. I go, get rid of that five bucks on Don't Starve. Put it down on Bayonetta. He goes, okay. <laughs> and then a week fucking later. <laughs> they announced it. Oh, it's no, it's out. finally, yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, uh, Drawn to Death developer, the Bartlett Jones Supernatural Detective Agency, officially closed its doors today. Notable only because that's, is that Barlog? Or is that? Yeah, yeah. No, no, uh. No, 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 no Barlog no, 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 no. is doing God of War. This is David Jaffe. Thank you. The other God of War. Yeah, yeah, David Jaffe with Twisted Metal. And, yeah, yeah, so here's the thing. Yeah, it's only notable because David Jaffe worked there, but as we pointed out, I think last week or two weeks ago, well, obviously not last week, as yeah. we pointed out a couple of weeks ago, Jaffe has not done anything important since God of War. No. He has, he has not been. made a good game since God of War. Nope. And he's been working. Like, you remember he had a shitty little, like, uh, RC car combat game remember that oh yeah 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 he had that like he's been doing other stuff i'm sure he put out some fucking phone games david jaffe has not been he like again i will i will go to whatever hideo kojima makes next because i don't give a shit about metal gear i don't give a shit what david jaffe makes next no i never he have hasn't done anything no he made twisted metal and god of war hmm and the thing is, he was right to do God of War. No, Sony did not want to do God of War. And he explained that we can make Devil May Cry better than they made Devil May Cry. And he was right. Except yep. for the combat system, I suppose. But everything else was fucking amazing. He did it. He really did. And that was the last good idea this guy had, was to yeah, rip off Capcom. It. Oh, well. Oh, well. Hey, Far Cry 5 is next month. How? Oh, I win next month. Uh, I don't know it's March. Five. I'm just looking forward to shooting people who look like Cry me for five. once. March 27th. Oh, like like almost a month away exactly. Yeah, that's 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 too far away. I that's get to shoot away. midwestern white people. You know what? Yes. You know what else comes out at the end of March? Mm. The Last Jedi on Blu-ray. Mm. Gonna watch it ten more times. See the Holdo maneuver. Oh, I suppose I. Should I hope there's a 4K release of that? The holo maneuver <laughs> and that awesome lightsaber fight where they kill all those guards. <laughs> <laughs> Chance has reached a delirious state of fatigue. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Right. This Are you guy, still working like this for guy? Two jobs yes, this guy that I work with is taking care of a newborn. Oh, he just, taking time off because he just had to have a child. You know and what they do in America if you did that? They'd fire him. Yeah, and now I have to do my job and his job, and it's really stressed out. I'm real. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm really stressed out. 
No good. And also not sleeping, but that's okay. I should, then we should let you go. Well, you know what? We I, I think I think this was probably actually one of our better episodes. I feel. I, I, I feel I, I like. Think, I think we were pent up after missing yeah, no. a week, and so we had like get a lot out there. I agree. I think the absence made the heart grow fonder. Uh, I love right. you guys. Oh, Alex, come back. To us. Okay. <laughs> God, I can't believe he's working like two jobs still. I know. I, even when I was that age, I couldn't do it. I, Sorry, Alex. We're not talking bad about what, you, but man, I, I was never that tough. What is Whoa. up with millennials and their work ethic? I don't understand. I don't understand it either. They need to chill out. I, no, just everybody relax. Yeah, come yeah, on. Yeah. Life, life's right. too short. <laughs> yeah. Play some more Assassin's Creed. <laughs> no, or I will not. Whatever. I will not. Play. I'm, yeah. I'm hyped for Overwatch, and then I'm going to yeah, go into the game, go. a somber's going to hack and kill me, and then I'm going to go, fuck this noise! I'm gonna, <laughs> I never want to play this again! Take a pair of scissors! <laughs> <laughs> See, that memory is so vivid, it gets so embarrassing. Well. That, that, like an out-of-body experience of just absolute rage. Like I, I mean, I admit, mm-hmm. I have an issue with a temper. Really? I really do. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. No, it, it, and it doesn't come out often, and, and, and usually there's, there's two things that will bring it out. Video games and my son. And my son can do it because he is me when I was 11. Well, So he knows exactly what to say to just be like, you know, hulking out at that point. I don't know. Like, if it doesn't happen that often and you're conscious enough of it to manage it, I don't think that really is an issue. Um, it is, but every time it does happen, it's always embarrassing to think about later mm. on. It's like, oh, that could have gone better. What could I have done instead? Well, I yeah, I mean, I suppose if it if it's destructive. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't broken anything for a while. That's good. There you go. That's yeah. good. Yeah. That's good. I got I too much money invested in my sticks. I, I actually looked at it once, and I've, I've only got two arcade sticks, but one of them is an Xbox 360 stick, which was 200 bucks, that I paid another 200 bucks to have quad modded, so it works and everything. It's a $400 arcade stick. Ooh. So I that I, I put it down gingerly. And I, talked, I talked nice to it, you know. Don't throw that. No, no, no. All right. For Alex, who had to go. Chance, thank you for being here. My pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for putting up with our lax recording schedule. We promise that we will be back in a week. Thank you for listening. We'll see you then. Oh.